The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Glory to God. Amen. It's good that you're here today. Because I believe God has a word for us today. A word we need to hear, a timely word. And I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25. And today I want to continue with part two of the message I started a couple weeks ago. A message entitled, A Prepared Kingdom for an Unprepared People. A Prepared Kingdom for an Unprepared People. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 34, here we see that when Jesus returns to this earth in power and glory, to judge the nations. Verse 34 says, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Come, you blessed of my father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So here we see in the word of the Lord that the kingdom of God was prepared for all of us before the foundation of the world. Then we also see that the kingdom of God is our inheritance. It is our inheritance. It's our right to be blessed with every blessing, including the blessings of salvation and eternal life. It's your right to be blessed. And God wants you to inherit every blessing of the kingdom. You see, God is not making new blessings, but he's already given us blessings that was prepared for us from the foundation of the world. This is why the Apostle Paul told the Corinthians, not the Corinthians, but the Ephesians believers, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us, past tense, who have blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Then Paul also told the Romans, in Romans chapter 8, verse 16, he said, the Spirit himself, he bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Every one of you have an inheritance. Every one of you, your names are written in the will. And the Lord says, come, you blessed of my Father, and inherit this kingdom prepared for you, from the foundation of the world. In part one of this message, I was sharing with you that there are some in the church, not all, but there are some in the church 
that are unprepared to, to inherit the kingdom. You know, those who have not truly repented of their religious dead works, neither do they have faith toward God. Those who refuse to see the kingdom and enter the kingdom, those who seek everyone and everything else other than God in the time of need or trouble. God wants us to seek him first, his kingdom and his righteousness first. And he promised all these things shall be added unto us. Then there are those in the, ch in the church that have fallen short of the inheritance because they refuse to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Then there are others in the church that fall short of the inheritance because they fail to really understand the kingdom of God. You see, the kingdom of God is not about rules and regulations. The kingdom of God is not about the law. The kingdom of God is not about the food you eat or the beverage you drink. Romans 14, 17, Paul says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen? But what about those who practice the unrighteous works of the flesh? What about those in the church? See, we've talked about the spiritual side of this. You know, those that who truly don't repent from the dead works, those that are not moving in faith toward God, those that are not seeing the kingdom enter the kingdom, you know, those that are not seeking God first. We talked about those that just for some reason or not, they, they don't want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you'll never receive God's fullness until you receive all of God's gift to move in his fullness. And some of us just don't understand the kingdom. We think being a Christian is... We've done so many things right, and we balance them against the, the, the few things we've done wrong. That's not the way this works. This is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. But what about those in the church? What about those who practice the unrighteous works of the flesh? Now, I thought it would get quiet about now. But this is a problem, not only in the church today, but it was a problem in the church in Paul's day. If you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and Paul has a word of admonishment for the church there, and the word of admonishment was simply this, be not deceived. Just because somebody got a good testimony, come on, doesn't mean they inherit the kingdom. They could be falling short of the kingdom, notwithstanding their good testimony. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, Paul says to the Corinthian Christians, and I want to underscore this, he's speaking to Christians. He says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? But yet the Lord has said, come ye blessed my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you, from the foundation of the world. But Paul says, make no mistake about this. Don't be deceived. 
the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. And such were some of you. Even though you're in the church. But Paul says you, you were washed. But you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. By the spirit of our God. But don't let anybody deceive you. You can't live any life you, you want to live and think you're going to inherit the kingdom of God. Huh? Now, Paul lists a litany of unrighteous works of the flesh here to the Corinthians. And most of us would say amen on all of these. But how's it that we pick and choose sinners in the church? And, and we have a... We, we have a graduating scale that some sins are worse than others. For example, Paul says here, Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, homosexuals, nor adulterers, homosexuals, or sodomites will inherit the kingdom of God. How is it that we are so condemning of homosexuals, but we want to give the fornicator and the adulterer a pass. Now, he's talking to folks in the church. How's that we're, we're so strongly condemning homosexuals to hell, but yet we give the fornicator a pass, and perhaps you're one yourself, and you want to pass. But that's not the way God sees it. You see, in the, in the sight of God, sin is sin, S-I-N. There are no big sins and, and little sins. Come on. In the kingdom of God, there aren't white lies and, and black lies. A lie is a lie. And we're living a lie when we try to deceive others because you're not really deceiving others. You're really deceiving yourself. And you can condemn some other person just to make yourself feel better. But Paul says, no unrighteous works of the flesh will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Did you forget how you were? And now he's not talking about just those before they came into Christ. He's talking about those that are still in Christ. He says, and such were some of you. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Don't forget where God brought you from. It gets quiet in the church when you start talking about homosexuals. Now, I, I for one, prefer not to to refer to people as part of the LGBTQ community. I think they ought to have more dignity than that. 
than to allow their lives and their lifestyles to be dwindled down to a letter in the alphabet. That's like somebody calling me an S person because I'm straight. So I won't deal with that because that's not in the Bible. But the Bible says homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. But let's be clear about what God is saying. Let's stop condemning people to hell. How can you condemn a homosexual to hell, but you won't condemn the idolater to hell, the adulterer, the fornicator to hell. You won't condemn them to hell. And truth be told, we, aren't, we shouldn't be condemning nobody to hell because we don't have a heaven or hell to put them into. Homosexuals, they've made their choice, and you need to make yours. And no matter what you, you think about it, and I know what the Scripture says about that. You know, in the Old Testament, there's many, many Scriptures where God forbids homosexuality. Many, many Scriptures, in the Leviticus particularly. I know what the Bible says about that. But do you not know what the Bible also says? It says in Romans chapter 10 that Jesus Christ is the end of the law to everyone who believes. If Jesus is the end of the law, why are we always taking the law to condemn somebody who's not even under the law? People got to make their own choices. I made mine and they got to make theirs. They got to make their own choices. But we should not be calling ourselves the church and condemning anybody to hell. Jesus never did it himself. May I remind you that when Jesus came to this earth in first century, there were homosexuals then. There were people committing abortions then. But never did the Lord speak against it. Never did the Lord speak against it. And we get confused because we think preaching the gospel is preaching against things. Jesus never preached against. He always preached for. I, I need you to hear this. Preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is not preaching the symptoms of sin. It's preaching for the cause. And the cause is because they know not God. And we ought to have some mercy in our heart for people who live lifestyles of sin. Now, I'm glad you're still sitting in your seat because some of you may not be ready for this. What is Paul saying to the Corinthians? Paul is saying those who continue in the unrighteous works of the flesh will not inherit the kingdom of God. He clearly said that. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. He didn't say they would not inherit heaven. We got to stop twist, twisting the scriptures. Stop going beyond the scriptures. Stop adding to the scriptures. He didn't say they wouldn't inherit heaven. Somebody said, is there a difference? Absolutely. You see, heaven, why did Paul say they wouldn't inherit the kingdom of God, but he didn't say they wouldn't inherit heaven? You see, heaven is a place. Heaven is a place where the very throne of God is situated. Heaven is a place 
But the holy angels are there. But the kingdom of God is within you. Luke chapter 17, the 21st, 21st verse, the kingdom of God is within you. It doesn't come with observation. Neither will they say, look here or look there. For Jesus says, behold, the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And because of what's in you or what's not in you, you will either inherit the blessings of the kingdom or you will fall short of the blessings of the kingdom because of what's in you or what's not in you. The kingdom of God is in us. Heaven is God's throne. The earth is his footstool. And God decides who goes to heaven or who doesn't. I did a very thorough search. And I was telling my wife, you know, there's nowhere in the Bible the expression, you find the expression, go to heaven or inherit heaven. Now, Jesus did say to his disciples when they returned, if they sent them out and said, Lord, behold, the devils are even subject unto our name. Jesus says, rejoice not that the devils are subject unto you in my name, but rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That was the only expression. Names are written in heaven. Are you condemning somebody whose name might be written in heaven? And how's it that you think you're standing on the word of God to condemn a person, but you're not standing on the word of God to love that person? You cannot preach a half-faced gospel. You can't preach against somebody but not preach that you ought to be loving that somebody. Jesus said, love your neighbors. Love them. So when it comes to what we consider a really bad sin, like homosexuality, when it comes to those, my position is, I do not believe that's God's design. I do not believe that's God's will. But I believe it's the will of God for me to love them. Put my arms around them and say, I love you and Jesus loves you too. How are you going to be doer of the word, but leave another part of the word completely, completely out? It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. What we need to do is learn how to love people. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Hmm? Now, if you turn to Galatians chapter 5. Paul had something to say to the Christians at Galatians as well. It, it, it's amazing how we in the church think we've arrived, but we haven't even come close. Paul says, and such were some of you. Did you forget that? Did you forget some of the stuff I had to deal with with y'all, Paul said to the Corinthians? I had to deal with some of you that were still in adultery, some still fornicating, some still in homosexuality. I had to deal with you. Did you forget that such were some of you? But you were washed. He's reminding them, you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified. In the name of the Lord and by the Spirit of our God. Now, Galatians chapter 5, look at verse 19, Paul had something to say to these Christians as well. 
Paul says the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, and heresies. And, and the list is not even finished yet. You see why it makes no sense to preach against the symptoms of sin? That's a Band-Aid approach. Then he goes on, envy, murders, drunkenness, reveries, and the like, which I tell you before, just as I've also told you in time past. And Paul says, how many times I got to tell y'all this? That those who practice, and that's the operative word, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, Earlier, I mentioned, I mentioned the issue of abortion. And some people in the church have said that abortion is murder. Well, is it murder? Well, first of all, understand murder is a legal term. See, it's one thing to kill a person, one thing to commit a homicide. But it's not murder unless it's adjudicated as murder. In other words, intent was proved, and the other elements of murder was proved. So murder is a legal term. But why do we ostracize and polarize females that may have had an abortion, even those in the church? Now, again, Jesus never talked about abortion. No more than he talked about homosexuality. But why would we say a woman is a murderer because she had an abortion? Now, when we look at the Bible, and that's all I want to look at, the Bible. In the beginning, in the book of Genesis, when God created the man and the woman, what was the first thing God did with them? The first thing God did with the man and the woman was to give them choice. Choice. And by giving them choice, he was certifying their personhood. Without a choice, you're not, ever, you're not a person. Without a choice, you don't have equal rights. Shouldn't homosexuals and abortionists, shouldn't they have equal rights? Shouldn't they have freedom? Shouldn't they have equal protection under the law? You enjoy those, those benefits. And if you don't want them to enjoy those benefits, then it won't be long. Yours will, will be taken too. Yours will be taken away too. Now, when I look at the issue of abortion, now, first of all, I don't see it in the Bible. Like some Christians, they take scriptures and make, make things up. But shouldn't a woman, shouldn't a woman have freedom? to decide about her reproductive health, to decide about her own body, and regardless of what you call it, shouldn't it still be between that woman, her God, her husband, and her doctor? Why is it, why is it, a, why is it a problem with, with the government and the church? We need to get the government out of our bedrooms. We need to get the church out of our bedrooms. If there's something sinful going on behind closed doors, Jesus said, that which is done in the dark will be brought to the light. 
We do not have to be in other people's private affairs. We need to respect people. You have rights. Why can't they have rights? You have freedom. Why can't they have freedom? Why do we want to put a woman in bondage? And we hardly ever talk about the man. She couldn't get pregnant by herself. Don't talk about the man at all. We're just a bunch of Pharisees, hypocrites. And that's sad. And we call ourselves Christians. You should call yourself half of a Christian. Now, Paul says to these Galatians, and I need you to get this. It's the person that practices sin. That person will not inherit the kingdom of God. Hmm? So regardless of what you say, you know, regardless of what you say, you are what you practice. I don't care what your testimony is, you are what you practice. This is what Paul telling these, these Galatians. You are what you practice. He who knowingly continues in a sin without repenting, Paul says he will not inherit the kingdom. Again, he didn't say heaven. He said the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is within you. Huh? The problem is not that you've committed any of these sins. That's not the problem. The problem is you continue in these sins. You practice these sins. Look at 1 John chapter 3. 1 Epistle of John chapter 3. And we'll stop turning scriptures after that. 1 John chapter 3. Look at verse 7. Little children, let no one deceive you. See, there's a lot of deception going on in the church, not only in this day, but in, but in first century. Paul was concerned about deception in the church of Corinth, deception in the church of the Galatians. He, he, and John the apostle here is concerned about deception among Christians. He says, let no man deceive you. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. In other words, you are what you practice. He who sins, that is, he who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose will the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever is born of God does not sin. That is, whoever is born of God does not practice sin. They do not continue continuously in sin. Why? For his seed remains in him. And he cannot sin because he's been born of God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. See, you can't have one without the other. You can't tell your brother or your sister, you know, you're just a sinner. You keep doing this. You're going that. You're going to bust hell wide open. But what about you? You don't love them, so you're going to bust hell wide open with them. There's two sides to that coin. He who practices sin is of the devil, but he who does not love his brother is also of the devil. 
Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.